0: to Rebel Hearts, a podcast dedicated to the rebel girls and riot girls in the music industry and why they matter. Each episode will feature songs by bands you just need to hear. So if you think you're ready, I will see you in the front. Hey guys and welcome back to Rebel Hearts. This is episode 13 and I want to start off by saying holy shit what has happened the past couple of days has been absolutely insane between Haley of Paramore giving me the biggest honor and listening to this podcast and also telling me that I'm doing a good thing and then I literally cannot handle the amount of retweets and shares and all of the emails that I received. It was absolutely incredible. And I've already thanked Haley enough, but I don't think I'll ever be able to thank her enough to be honest. So again, Haley, if you happen to be listening to this episode as well, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate the fact that you listened and that you cared enough to share it with everybody. Thank you to Lynn from Paris for sharing the link and also liking it and telling me that she appreciates me sharing. It was really awesome and I'm still overwhelmed with emotion about it. I think it's so cool that we can connect to these artists and that they treat us with the same respect that we treat them. I mean, it just goes to show, I said in my last episode, you know, treat others the way that you want to be treated, whether they're famous or not. And you know, all I did was just tweet at these people and say, hey, thank you for doing this thing. And they responded to me and it was, it was absolutely amazing. and. Everything that happened after that, I still haven't processed. But thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody that helped make that last episode the best one yet. I love that episode. I hope that I'm doing justice by making another episode. And that's that's just the intro that I wanted to give you guys right now because I'm still overwhelmed with emotion. And it was really awesome to be able to have such a big episode become my best episode you know about mental illness and anxiety and depression so I'm really glad that a lot of you guys resonated with it and a lot of you guys got a lot out of it. So today it's going to be a little different. Uh, I'm not going to be talking about mental illness in this episode unfortunately but I will talk about that at a later date in a different episode. I will not let mental illness be a one episode kind of thing. Today I have Patrick again who is the best person to talk about music with i hope you guys liked him last time because hi everybody
1: i'm back thanks for having me again
0: he is my he's my music person uh we went to lunch like we usually do and we were talking about the new lord album we were talking about melodrama we were talking about lana del rey we were talking about um pop music again you know we were just having a great conversation and i said hey let's let's talk about it on an episode so I haven't heard Melodrama because I'm the worst.
1: But I have every day <laughs> since the day it came out because it's my favorite album as of right now, maybe of the whole year. So, I mean, that is until July 21st, Lust for Life. Everyone go get the pre-order.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Lana Del Rey, yes, yeah, finally coming out with new music. Actually, I feel like she's always coming out with new music. I know,
1: <laughs> We're, how fortunate we are to have a woman like Lana Del Rey, Lana Del Rey release new music every two years.
0: Beyonce, Ugh. where are you at? Beyonce, we were just This, starting...
1: <laughs> this is some pressure on you. Even... You just had two kids,
0: but hey. Yeah,
1: we'll let you off because you had twins. But
0: you gotta, you gotta make lemonade, right?
1: Yeah, I make lemonade too.
0: But melodrama, um, I it's not that I just chose not to listen to it. I just haven't really set aside the allotted time because certain uh, certain albums and certain music I want to devote all my attention to. I talked about this in my after laughter review. Um, I wanted to sit down and listen to every track and give it the attention that it absolutely deserved. And I'm glad that I did, because now after laughter is my favorite album of the year. Sorry, Melodrama.
1: Well, until you listen to Melodrama,
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm definitely going to pick it up. I'm definitely going to buy it on vinyl. I'm definitely going to do something with it. If it is on vinyl, I hope it is. Um, So we're going to start off by talking about Lord and Melodrama because Pat played me a couple of tracks in the car and we're talking about how different it is from Pure Heroin and it's not bad that it sounds different, it just shows that she grew up, I mean, we talked about how Pure Heroin was made when she was 16 and now she's 19 and it's just...
1: Yeah, she wrote the album when she was 19 which I honestly don't even know how a 23-year-old man like myself can relate so much with a 19-year-old girl, girl halfway across the world. But somehow it happened, and I feel like this album is just the most relatable breakup album I've ever heard, even for people who aren't in relationships. I feel like I got broken up with. I haven't been in a relationship since I was nineteen. So
0: <laughs> I feel like I feel like my man's cheating and I ain't got no man.
1: Yeah. And but you know, I guess that's how you know it's good. <laughs> Some good stuff.
0: It's just um we were we were listening to it and I love Pure Heroin. I have it on vinyl. My boyfriend loves that album. We've listened to it together on numerous occasions. It's just a great incredible pop record if you can even call it a pop record
1: yeah i mean it's something but i think that's what made it so great because it was so innovative like you i guess you consider it alternative pop
0: can't but put it in a pop
1: exactly yeah like when you create kind of create your own genre and when you have david bowie shout you out as the future of music that's how you know you're doing something right and she did something right and everyone was waiting for the follow-up and i think everyone was so nervous but then she dropped this behemoth of emotion and I guess like hedonism and love and fear and
0: she just puts so yeah. much into I, I there's sir we were talking about uh no shade but we were talking about the Miley Cyrus song Malibu Pat does not like the song and I like the song I'm the only person that I know that personally likes the song but then we were thinking about it and I said you know what I'm going to give you something I said, I really like the beat and I like the music of that song. But the lyrics are just so, you know, they're so, I don't want to say remedio because I think that that's kind of rude, but the the lyrics don't really reflect emotion.
1: Yeah, I think like, I mean, I don't, I like the production of it, but I feel just going back on the person you were two years ago and kind of pretty much flat out saying like, that's not me. I was surrounded by bad people. I was doing drugs and all this other stuff and I don't listen to rap music anymore that's why I made this super bubbly beachy song because I was getting back to my roots and then you emphasize that by not even dying your roots because we all you have to make sure that everyone knows like I think that's pandering I think it's shallow I think it's superficial like
0: and it's just uh I, I have no I have no real issues with Miley Cyrus other than her cultural appropriation, which we kind of just touched on really in that last couple of seconds yeah. that you were speaking. No, if
1: you're going to release a new song that's so different and then kind of denounce um, the culture you use to further yourself while not paying any respect to the people who put you there and then say, oh, that's not me anymore. I just use that to get to where I am. I think that's very insulting to a lot of people and kind of diminishing the impact that hip-hop and rap has on every musical genre.
0: I mean, we were we were honestly just talking about... We talk about Britney Spears all the time because it's really true. There are so many people that wouldn't be here today in the music industry without Britney Spears. And people like Nicki Minaj as well, you know, she is the backbone right now of mainstream rap and hip-hop music, at least I think. You know, there's Beyoncé, there's Rihanna, oh, yeah. and, you know, Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj is a giant.
1: Nicki Minaj is a giant MC, and she, I wouldn't, you know... She's a female leading the rap industry along with people like, you know, Kendrick Lamar, but is there anybody on her level right now? I wouldn't say so. I mean, there's nobody
0: in any genre that's on her level, really. Mm. I mean, you have so many, you have so many people that you're kind of, like, insulting and uh, I mentioned in another episode I was talking about Halsey Um, I don't know if I mentioned it but Halsey shaded uh, Iggy Azalea recently and said that she's an idiot and that she would never work with her and then Iggy kind of clapped back and said I don't even know who Halsey is I just don't understand where all of these people are coming from and just coming for each other and I don't understand Miley you know, using a culture like black culture just blatantly using it just for the attention and just for all of this nonsense and then all of a sudden i i don't i don't associate myself with that anymore
1: well yeah she's basically saying that black culture is just something to use when you when it's convenient for you but that those are that's people's culture you know that's something that's ingrained in them and it's a part of them and you wouldn't like you just don't take that from somebody and use it for your own benefit and then just dump it out whenever you feel necessary it's extremely insulting and it's not what somebody in the public eye, especially someone as big as her, should be supporting or promoting.
0: And that, we kind of went off a little bit just talking about Miley Cyrus, but the whole point of this is the, the song Malibu, you know, the lyrics are kind of, you know, one, two, three, they're kind of rhymy and they're kind of sing songing, you know, they're, they're kind of just, you know, your standardized lyrics where melodrama you know, mm. for someone so young, even younger than Miley Cyrus, you know, she's putting all these emotions and she's not doing this sing-songy, rhyme kind of thing. And I just think it's so powerful, you know. The songs are just really simple, oh, but man. there's so much in it.
1: Lorde always has had a way with minimalism and having her lyrics do the talking with very crisp, clean production. And melodrama is no different. If you listen to those lyrics, they read like a book. They are so descriptive and just like just for some examples like wild and fluorescent like if there is any a way to describe my early my late teens and my early 20s it would be fluorescent you know that's when you're really coming into yourself you're got like a first taste of freedom maybe you're in love you're just doing whatever you can and like oh there's just no other way to describe it and i don't know it just yeah
0: I, I I hear you. I mean, we've me and Pat, I mentioned in the last last episode we did together. We we're childhood friends. I've he's he's seen me at my worst, he's seen me at my best, and I think I've seen him at his best and worst as well. So, definitely fluorescent would describe that time in your life, I think.
1: Absolutely. So, I
0: think it's really it's really um serendipitous how somebody like lord can make you feel all of these feelings and she doesn't know you and she's totally different than you you know
1: absolutely yeah i think that i mean she speaks i think she just tells the truth i don't think she tries to sugarcoat what she's feeling and i think that people especially younger people when somebody tells the truth they can connect to it and if they see someone being honest and they can relate and then that's so special in that I really do think that, you know, she takes the the whole breakup record formula and I guess makes makes it her own, but makes it new and exciting and you don't realize you're listening to somebody's heartbreak because there's so many ups and downs and you have a song like Greenlight where only somebody like Lord can put into words what it feels like to have your freedom back after being chained down maybe not chained down but being with somebody for so long where you you know you don't know what to do on your own you can't be on your own because you're so used to looking for somebody for advice or checking with them if it's okay and then finally you have this freedom and you have this green light just to go and be you and do what you want and dance in the streets and it's incredible
0: <laughs> it's really funny that you bring that up because that's how i feel about the the paramore record after laughter you know i was talking to you about it um pat's only um just kind of listened to after laughter he's been he's been busy doing you know life you know he's been doing a lot of incredible things so I was asking him if he had gotten a chance to take a second listen and he hasn't yet unfortunately but I told him I said you know after one or two listens you know it really kind of hits you and I think that after laughter for me is what melodrama is to Pat you know Haley and I don't know each other I mean I've, I've met her a handful of times but she doesn't know me personally I don't know her personally and it's just like she kind of understands where I'm coming from and she doesn't even know it, you know? It's just so incredible how music can do that. And Pat and I were also discussing how Lord does this thing where she's putting a color to every song. And I wanted you to just touch on that because we have a little clip of her talking about it, so.
1: Yeah, so re- in recent years, a lot of artists have been citing that they see their art and co- well, their music, I guess, in color, which is considered art, but it's not a painting. Um, <laughs> but they call it, like they keep saying they have like this thing called synesthesia, which is a confusion of senses, and you know, um, but for me, I don't know, it just I wouldn't say it's ex- exactly that. I just think that music evokes a certain feeling, and you know, colors mean something to us because they have an emotional attachment to us and we have certain memories affiliated with them but yeah I just think it's really interesting because we have a lot you know you have all these artists who go for the concept the concept album nowadays so even like Paramore you know with After Laughter it's very uh neon very pinks pastels neon yellows purples and then Lord, you have the dark the deep blues and the reds and the yellows and the greens and then even for you know you have uh, Lana's record coming out soon yeah and you look at her album the album cover you look at the music video for love or lust for life and you know it's a lot of muted science fiction colors like muted greens and a lot of vintage and I'm just wondering if that is actual disorder (laughs) they just you know confusing the concept of the album with something that's an actual disorder in real life.
0: So I have a clip for you guys, actually, that I'm going to play. It's a minute long. It's about Lord talking about this. So let me just play that really quick for you.
2: How does synesthesia play into this? I think really it just makes the kind of creative process, which for me is, you know, sonic, take on a, a visual side as well. So when i'm making music i'm not just i'm I'm also making like visual art so to speak um and i I don't think it changes things too much i think it just um just makes it quite an intense process for me when i get home i'm definitely like you know i I have very little left (laughs) because to be seeing this thing Mm -hmm. you know growing in front of you all day and hearing it it's 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 a lot you see or feel the closest thing I can sort of um, compare it to, it's like this sort of, um, it's, like, it's like a, a coloured gas that like fills the room. it's like, pretty cool. It's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty crazy. Um, but it will, yeah, it will have different textures or different shapes or uh-huh. colours based on like, what it is that we're working on. But it really does feel like it's in the room with me when I, when I write. Uh-huh. Yeah. Does that, does it help your writing? Somewhere. I think it definitely um, sends the writing in a certain direction. I think that I make the choices that I make with songs in part because of having synesthesia. So
0: that was Lord uh, talking about this whole concept of color and putting emotions and art into color. and uh, I want Pat to keep touching on it a little bit before I play the next song of the episode. So:
1: Okay, want to touch.. Well, yeah, the thing about the whole synesthesia color topic of conversation is that it's not the first person, especially the first pop artist, to say that in an interview, but it makes me wonder if, do they see the color because there's such an emotional tie to the record they're making? Because for humans, color you know, technically doesn't exist. It's just something that light is bouncing off of that we associate an emotion or a memory to and we either like it or we don't you know so some people can have a aversion to certain colors and those they wouldn't paint their room that color but some people very much like a color and it means something to them and so they they'll wear it they'll paint their room it they'll get a car in that color but that makes me think are these albums that these people are putting so much of their emotions and their memories into is that why they see these certain albums in color and that's why they can say that this song is green and this song is blue or I don't know it's just very interesting
0: everything is blue his hands his jeans his (sighs) pills friggin' halls (laughs) (laughs) anyway so I just wanted us to wrap up uh the synesthesia uh topic before i play our first song of the episode which is by a parahoy cruiser who is probably one of the nicest people ever her name is taylor jensen jansen i apologize her name is taylor jansen and she's actually the first para para, para karaoke i have no idea how we're actually saying that so i'm going to call it para karaoke para karaoke champ from the first parahoy she's from canada and she has this angelic beautiful voice that i can't seem to get enough of and like i said she's also a super sweet heart. I can't get enough of her either. She has a few tracks on her SoundCloud page and actually two EPs. The EP, the song is from, is named the same as the track I'm going to play you guys and this is the song called Fear and Faith.
3: sweet that marks tonight, your number three. Nothing could release me of my shame. is cloud on my paternal side for
0: So again, that was Fear and Faith from the lovely Taylor Jansen. You guys can check her out on her SoundCloud page, which I believe is soundcloud.com slash Taylor Jansen. I actually follow her on my SoundCloud page. So if you guys can't find her somehow, please look through my SoundCloud page and you can find her. She also has a Bandcamp, I believe it's under bandcamp.com, uh, taylorjansen.bandcamp.com if you guys don't find her just go to her twitter profile and she has it right on there so that is all of our thoughts on synesthesia and i believe you wanted to also touch on her writing style as well on melodrama so if you want to talk about that for a second
1: yes i would all right promise this is the last thing about lord for a little bit but um (laughs) so i was watching an interview with her recently and she said that when she was writing melodrama um what she did was she you know flew back home to new zealand kind of away from hollywood away from all the hubbub and then went to a very secluded part of the forest i guess on a side of new zealand where you know it was just her and the nature and the woods which is odd because you know melodrama is not technically a very naturey sounding album But, um, and then I just want to get into the idea of seclusion, but she said, you know, she started watching Twin Peaks, which anyone who knows me knows that's my favorite show on earth and probably consumes more of my life than I'm proud to admit, but um, it's just this idea of seclusion because the man who uh you know david lynch who created twin peaks he does the same thing so he'll seclude himself away from it all and look back and gain perspective on what he can offer the world at this time and like what his art can offer us and i think that lord is very similar in that fact and i know also lana del rey has done the same thing and she's been cited and saying that you know sometimes especially in hard turbulent times like we're in now where it's hard to think just being out in public, you have to take a step away from everything and look at your fans and yourself and say, what can I do as an artist to reflect the times that we're in, but also, um, put something out into the world that I am proud of and that can either change or just add to what we're experiencing now. And do you have any other?
0: Well, it was funny because I was, uh, we were talking about Lord's record and pat had mentioned that it doesn't get very political and it doesn't do a lot of these things but also is very current and then you said it does actually kind of have some political sprinkled in there a little bit didn't you say that
1: well i just i feel like the politics consider I, i feel like the album itself is a form of activism by just being by not taking a political stance and just saying you are a human, and this is the human condition, and this is what a lot of people experience, most people experience, because people are in relationships, you get broken up with, you find your freedom, you find your independence, and I think that can be considered very politically active instead of just blatantly saying, I don't like what's going on in the world right now, especially if you don't even live in America.
0: True. (laughs) Yeah, that's very true. We We were discussing how a lot of people... You know, are choosing not to stay current considering the political climate that we're currently in and then there's a lot of people that are very vocal about the political climate that we're currently in and I just think it's it's really cool to see how everyone's take on it is we're talking about different artists and how they're not really taking a stance and then other artists that are taking a stance you know we have people like Katy Perry who were very outwardly about voting for Hillary Clinton or you have artists like Taylor Swift who weren't very outwardly Wordly about who they who she was uh, voting for. So I think uh, politics can go in so many different ways. You know, you can say I voted for this person or I didn't vote for vote for this person, or you can talk about the kind of politics that you were just describing with relationships and all of that. So that it, that alone is just really cool about melodrama. And I think that I a have to listen to it and b I think we should all pay more attention to Lord. I mean, she is so young and she has so much to say and she has so much depth to her, you know, and I know you feel very strongly about the next artist that we're going to go a little in depth about, which is Lana Del Rey. So if you want to just right out of the gate, talk about Lana real quick.
1: Sure. All right. So Lana Del Rey, Lana Del Rey, you know, never was thought to be sort of politically active. You know, she kind of created this enigma for herself and this mystery behind her. But, you know, with this upcoming record, she's somebody who is empathetic towards her fans. You know, she always has had a really, really great relationship with her fans, which... Gains her cult-like following, you know. She kisses them. Like, who else do you know that kisses their fans? Like,
3: halsey
0: Yeah. Well, (laughs) that's a different. That's a different uh, topic, though. But I know what you're saying. (laughs) But I know what you're saying. A lot of a lot of artists don't do that. I mean, there are artists that treat their fans like gold. I mean, again, I'll always talk about how Paramore treats their fans, especially because you know Haley listened to this podcast, and I think that that's so incredible that you know people that you don't even know that you can reach through social media, you can get to. So I think that you know follows that same formula with her fans and I think that's awesome
1: absolutely I think what Haley did is probably one of the most important things that an artist can do which is reach out to somebody who she's admired by and notice them and help them and you know especially if they're doing something to support that certain artist or what they do because I mean yeah, you know, no matter how many followers you have or how many fans you have, we're all just people experiencing the same thing, like on a certain level. But uh, like I was saying with the whole political activism through music, this is the first time we've ever seen Lana very much empathize with her fans and just blatantly say, you know, this album is for you. Like I know what you're go- like, you are going through tough times. You're a young generation who's experiencing things at such a young age that you shouldn't have to but you know what that's okay because when it all comes down to it these times have been experienced before and we've gotten through them and you're still gonna find love and you're still gonna have your friends and you're still gonna enjoy yourself which I think is extremely special and like when I think about it you know I'm like wow this woman actually cares about the people who listen to her music a lot
0: it's awesome because, I mean, there are artists out there that, that do have these kind of characteristics as well, but it's just so refreshing to see artists recognize not even the political climate that we're in, but just the hard times that we're kind of in. I mean, the the whole depression and anxiety, mental illness awareness is only really relevant in the music scene the past like year or so i mean i mentioned in the last episode exclusively about mental illness that bands like paramore in paris you know they're talking exclusively about like hey shit's fucked up right now i'm not okay i know you're not okay let's all try and see this light at the end of the tunnel and i'm seeing a lot more artists actually come forward and talk about this Uh, another parahoy cruiser mentioned tegan and sarah they they've expressed uh their their mental illness and all of this stuff that I have to explore and do another episode on for you guys which I promise is coming and I also want to address another thing that Lynn of Paris and Tegan and Sarah actually did an interview that I want to devote a lot of time and care into it it's from Nylon I will do an episode on it I promise I'm sorry Kelly that it's not this one <laughs> but I just think that we have to be more honest I mean stuff is a little crazy right now you know a lot of stuff is Sad, You know, we live in a kind of sad world right now. I know that I'm sadder like in the past year and a half than I've ever been. And it's just like maybe because we're getting older, maybe people have higher expectations of us. I mean, Pat and I were just discussing as we were walking out of um, the cafe that we were at, we were just talking about how people always expect more. I work with a doctor who is pregnant with her second child, and people are already asking her, when's the third one coming? You know, people always ask Pat, you know, he just graduated with a bachelor's degree. They're like, well, what are you going to do now? I mean, I have a well established, pretty decent career, and people keep asking me when I'm going to advance it. It's just nothing is ever enough. So I think that people like Lana Del Rey and Paramore and Paris and all of these other artists coming forward and A, caring about their fans and the climate that we're in, and also B, showing that they're also vulnerable. It's just incredible. I'm such a fan of it.
1: Well, yeah, I think that's, like, that's so important, you know, to actually address it and be like, like, listen, we know what you're going through. We're here, and we are also in the situation with you together, which I think is very important. But yeah, about what you said, you know, just about we're in a time in our lives where, you know, everyone's, it's always what's next, what's next, what's next. It's never what's now. It's always what will you do? And that's where I kind of want to touch on the artist Angel Olsen. But then I also want to say that, like, where would we be without, like, these artists? You know, they're the ones who are kind of keeping everyone afloat in these, like, very rough times. And it's, um, people, I think, forget how hard it is for sometimes for people to put their emotions out there on a mass scale I mean look
0: at these artists I mean look at Lana Del Rey she has a massive audience and she's going out there saying hey you know I know you're sad I'm a sad girl too yeah
1: she's a sad I mean even even Paramore you know Haley Williams writing and like uh, just putting it out there what is going on in her personal life and inviting people in to relate because I think she realized you know this is like what's happened to me was bad but it's okay because it did happen and that's all you can do about it so I might as well share it with people and hope that they can relate or it can help them and you know so I think it's
0: true hold on to hope if you've got it I mean, she mentioned in that um, in that interview for The Fader that she said, you know, at one point she felt hopelessness and that there was no light at the end of the tunnel for once. And I just think that that's super relatable because sometimes I think we all feel that way. And like Pat just said, it's, it's so incredible to have artists like this in this time that are basically saying... I went through this and here I am now here basically saying you can rise above I mean in the word of churches bury it and rise above which is a great song that Haley is also a part of so I just I really love and respect all of these artists for coming forward and basically showing us that everything's going to be okay I mean Zach coming back to Paramore and all of them reconnecting their friendship and even Haley told me in her second tweet to me that this is this is their favorite season of Paramore. It's the favorite thing that they've done this far, and they're all really happy and proud of this record. I mean, I'm so happy that she said that, and I think a lot of fans are happy that she said that because we all, A, hope that they're all okay as a band, and B, we really do want to see them get through these, uh, you know, no pun intended, hard times, you know, (laughs) because I want to get through my hard times too, and I know you want to get through your hard times. Yeah. So it's really good to see. I, I look at these people like people i you know i have so much i i have this different perspective since after laughter came out i mean i mentioned before the idol worship mindset and i'm going to keep reiterating it because i think it is so important to really look at yourself and look at the way that you're talking to certain people and the way that i see Haley now more than ever i just want to talk to her like she's a regular person like I would talk to Pat you know I would talk to her the way that I'm talking to you right now and Thanks. I think it's so I think it's so important for everybody to do that I mean if you met Lana tomorrow you would probably do the same thing
1: I would like to think I would do the same You'd thing probably I'd probably, pass, probably out. pass out and cry though that woman I don't even know how she, I'm almost convinced she's not human but that's she's fine. a meta human she's, she's from a different planet
0: well she was studying it so I mean I know. who knows Well,
1: yeah.
0: but I mean it just it's just I really want you guys to take a step back and realize how you're talking to specific people, famous or not, and I I will reiterate this for episodes to come because it's really important, especially because all of these people and all these artists are being super vulnerable. I think that we should kind of treat them a little more with care. I mean, we're all fragile right now.
1: Well, absolutely. I also think that, you know, social the rise of social media has had a huge impact on not only the artists, but the public as well, because there's such great moments that come with it like Haley speaking to you you know Haley shouting out this podcast and actually addressing her fans individually like that can make that means the world not only to the fan base but to the individual but then you have people who will solely just harass these artists and relent like relentlessly and just say terrible terrible things and they forget that you know these are actual people with beating hearts and lives and You know, whether they consider their work as separate from their personal life or they consider their work as their personal life, you wouldn't, if you wouldn't say it to them in front of their face, why would you say it online?
0: It's the keyboard warriors. I mean, Haley even, uh, Taylor, Taylor Jansen, who I just played, Haley's even shouted her out and liked her videos. I mean, just along with the whole bringing a fan on stage for Misery Business every single show since, like, 2009. I mean, Paramore found a fan from Twitter, shouted her out, and brought her on stage and backstage and thanked her for everything that she's done for this band. And, I mean... It's just stuff like that. I mean, I know that's over and above. Paramore has always taken incredible care of their fans. But it's just they're not obligated to do that. They're not obligated to do anything for fans. And I just think it just shows. If you treat them the way you would treat your friends, I think that you get the same thing back. And I think it just shows you need to treat people you respect with care.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that if you want to attract a certain type of person you have to be that type of person and then I mean you said it with Paramore you know Haley just developing these personal relationships with people not because I mean I guess you know yes they're fans but you're not obligated to do anything yeah a fan can just as much be a a friend too (laughs) like you're all people but that's like I mean Hale you see Haley doing it like Lana, you know, she will go. Just everyone, do yourself a favor and go and YouTube Lana with fans and see how many hugs and kisses and if she, you tell like you tell her you like her music and you don't have a ticket to come in your front row, like you know, kisses on the cheeks and on the lips and hugs <laughs> and defend like she defend like they she defends you. It's great. It's nice to know because there are you know some there are people who wake up every morning and they. St- are lonely and they say no i nobody you know maybe nobody cares about me today but then they have these artists like paramore and lana or like even gaga who gaga especially yeah yeah, they they make them feel wanted and that they are worth everything in the world which is very nice
0: it's a good feeling for both of them i mean paramore played 26 for the first time i believe it was last night and haley said this on stage and it just really resonated with me
3: in front of the world but it's also kind of incredible to feel supported and to feel loved and uh and just have people that care it's really nice it's a good feeling um and i hope that (laughs) i hope that uh maybe with our with music that we write and that we record and play it shows that um, you know, you're know you able to find that feeling too
0: and we feel the same way too as fans you know it feels, it feels great to know that people are there for us i mean we get lonely too and sometimes the music is helpful but other times it's nice to have these artists actually say hey you you're you matter you care Absolutely. and i care <laughs> So you were touching on Angel Olsen, right?
1: Yes, I wanted. Yeah, I wanted to touch on her a little bit because this is a woman from the indie rock scene who, I mean, what is it? she has her own definition of femininity, and her most recent album, My Woman, is kind of an explanation of what you know she thinks it takes to be a woman, which I think is incredible because every individual you know it's all like we're raised on different images of femininity and how to be a certain type of person and then but we never think stop and think of what type of person do I want to be these people want me to be this type but who do I want to be and I just want to touch on the first song that got me into her was her song Intern which immediately uh, related to me just because of being a postgraduate in a very hard job market (laughs) and
0: to say the least
1: yeah to say and it's basically her asking yeah you yes you might have a job or you're going to submit a resume and they're going to say you know that's just another intern with a resume and but like what about your identity like why why can't they acknowledge you as a person you why are you always just another intern with a resume and then she goes on to ask or to tell, it says, doesn't matter, I'm going to fall in love one day. I'm going to fall in love and run away. And that's what's real. You know, being, yes, we, I, I mean, we're all aware that we need jobs to survive. But the erasure of identity through a job is very important because it's not real. I mean, you sit, you go and sit somewhere for nine, eight, nine hours of a day, you make some money, but then what's after that? Like, what do you, what, you know, are you in love? Are you doing what you want to do? Are you fulfilling all your fantasies and dreams, which I think is very interesting. Which you don't hear a lot of people addressing, especially an independent like rock artist like Angel Olsen, who is very indie and you know just released this album and moved to Italy, and that's it. She just (laughs) she just dropped this bomb and then left us, which left us to think about it. Which. that's like what Beyonce does yeah and then Beyonce goes and has some twins
0: (laughs) and then she's just gonna go make some lemonade Pat and I were talking about how we're gonna listen to Jay-Z's album because it's now available everywhere it was originally on Tidal and it's already gone platinum and it's been out for a week which I think is it just doesn't happen anymore I mean people just don't sell CDs or records anymore so I think that's really awesome actually no he only sold it through Tidal so he went platinum just through Tidal I know that's incredible
1: well that's the best things happen to, to Tidal so good for him <laughs> good for his own company I,
0: I'm just um, I asked Pat I said when, when did Lemonade come out and we found out it came out April 2016 I was like fuck we have to wait another two years for another Beyonce record I know it's so sad. It's the
1: longest wait. It's... Well, at least let's just hope she makes another
0: one. If she doesn't make another... If Beyonce doesn't make another record, I don't know what pop music is gonna do.
1: If there's something this world needs right now, it's more Beyonce.
0: Never never less Beyonce, yeah, always more. more Beyonce. So, uh, that's, that's all we really wanted to talk about today, right? Did you have anything else that you wanted to talk about?
1: No, I pretty much touched on everything for today
0: we we want to continue having these conversations like i said pat's my number one music person we were just talking about um usually when we sit down and we hang out we talk about books we talk about movies we talk about music and he's actually got me into a lot of cool news music that i either need to check out or i have checked out i mean he got me into angel olsen she's incredible i need you guys to check her out immediately she's on spotify Check that out, please. We were talking about Sky Ferreira, who was in the movie Baby Driver, which you guys should also check out because it has uh, 100% or it has 97 now.
1: Yeah, 97. It
0: has a 97 on Rotten Tomatoes. It did have 100%. It was an incredible movie. It's got one of the best soundtracks of the year. Pat will come back on the show and tell you guys how he feels about the soundtrack because he hasn't seen it yet. And I feel really bad for him because it was a great movie. But I was talking about Sky Ferreira and Pat's favorite... um, album cover or in until melodrama came out his favorite album cover was the uh nighttime my time
1: oh yeah at least yeah definitely one of my favorites of all time
0: and we and i actually mentioned a parallel between melodrama and that record because pat likes that the sky Ferrer cover she's naked in the shower and she kind of looks very vulnerable and lord is like asleep kind of in like a dream like um kind of photograph and I said you know those are two very vulnerable states to be in you know naked in the shower and also about to fall asleep so I think it's really cool that you like both those album covers
1: yeah no absolutely I think both of them like art from an artistic standpoint are like superb they're both so well done but yeah when do you ever feel more vulnerable than when you're naked al- like alone in the shower <laughs> or When you're about to drift off to sleep, you know, because in those two instances, anything could happen, and you're just really you're getting to the bare bones of who you are figuratively and literally
0: and it's funny because i was also telling pat that when he was listening to that record it was a very like active part of his life and i i told him i said i just can't get into that record it's it's nothing against the artist it's nothing against that record it's just i can't get into it and i think it just goes to show that a point in your life can represent how you feel about that i told him i said you've seen that record in different, like you've seen it in bars, you've seen it, you know, out outside, you know, while you were out at shows, you've seen it live. You've seen it so many times. And me, I'm just <laughs> listening to it in my car. So I think that that's really cool of music because a lot of people affiliate certain records with certain points in their life. You know, the tiger's jaw record, which my boyfriend calls the pizza record, uh, which is actually the repressed cover. And I keep telling him that, and he keeps telling me I'm wrong. Um, but the, the self-titled record by Tiger Show, I think of 2008, 2009, my the point in my life, and the song I Saw Water has so many different meanings to me because my ex-boyfriend used to tweet the same lyrics to me while we started dating and when we broke up, and now I feel so much different about those lyrics now, and I actually feel kind of happy about them where I used to feel really sad about them. So I think that music is incredible in the sense where you can – you can affiliate certain things with different times in your life you know when i drink dunkin donuts french vanilla coffee i think about me and pat going there at 10 o'clock at night in our pajamas because a guy that i was seeing at the time wouldn't answer my <laughs> my text oh my god and i, and I remember us driving to duncan and me crying in his car saying what am i gonna do But I also, I think about that time, and then I think about, you know, before me and my current boyfriend started dating, you know, the first time we really hung out alone, I had that cup of coffee, and it's just, I know it's not music related, but I wanted to touch on that, you know, different points in our life, you know, we affiliate with different things. Well, yeah,
1: like, your different points in your life parallel others, and it's just these seemingly meaningless things. I'm not, not to say that music is meaningless, but, you know, just... Maybe a song playing in the background while something is happening in your life, you don't even think about it, but then that song plays again and suddenly you're in a different situation, you have all new feelings about it.
0: Like, I can't listen to The Only Exception by Paramore because it was on a mixtape for me. And for some reason, I'm just really salty about that song. (laughs) Like, no matter what, whatever point in my life, I just skip it on Brand New Eyes. (laughs) And it's nothing against the song. It's a beautiful song. It's a beautiful video. You know, Haley put a lot of thought and emotion into it, but I just, I can't listen to it. And which is funny because Brand New Eyes is my second favorite Paramore record. It's like, it's my favorite band. So it's just really funny how music can do that. And I know that's a little off topic, but... I wanted to just touch on that because I love it. So that's just, I, I hope that you guys feel that kind of emotion when you think of music because I think that it's, it's something that is so amazing. And Pat actually just was on his phone a couple of seconds ago and he just found something out that I really want to touch on really quick. So if you want to share with everybody what just happened. All
1: right, so you went the leaking of music um especially with like with fans and i just how disrespectful (laughs) (laughs) i like even as such a diehard fan for some like certain people you know i i can always wait maybe it's because of my education and i know like the repercussions of copyright and how you know It's not always the artist that wants to wait to put out the album. They have to go through a lot of mixing and mastering and the record label. And I just hate when people leak music.
0: (laughs) This all started because he just found out that people were leaking Lana Del Rey's music and he's very, very upset about it. And I actually want to touch on something really quick to do with this. Um, Two days before After Laughter came out, actually it may have been the day before, I don't remember, but at one point After Laughter leaked. And it was the day of the exit-in show that Paramore played. And the band knew about it. Haley addressed it. She's like, has anybody listened to it? And some people said, yeah. And she goes, oh, you guys are in trouble. (laughs) So she's like, well, did you like it? And people screamed. And she's like, thank God. So I think that, I mean, it depends. I mean, I personally... I don't believe in leaking of music. Did I listen to it? Yeah. But I didn't listen to the whole thing. I listened to like 30 seconds of three songs. I also bought three different versions of the album. But I just... I don't think that's an excuse, though, to listen to a leak. But... I just, I agree with Pat, you know, there's a lot of logistics that go into releasing an album. I mean, Zach even said it, uh, the album was done for After Laughter and they had to think of all like the BS stuff. He didn't, he didn't say, he didn't call it that, but I'm calling it. It's basically BS stuff, you know, with labels and management yeah. and release dates. There's a certain release, there's certain release dates. I mean, people were, exactly, yeah. people were upset about the vinyl release of After Laughter not being out yet. But I mean, they announced the record only a month before that it was going to come out, and I mean, there's only like two pressing plants on the planet, well, not really, but there's only two major pressing plants that press rec- uh, vinyl records. So I mean, a month notice is not really enough time. I mean, I've been waiting for my Story of the Year record for like two months now. It keeps getting pushed back because the more popular artists they get first precedence. I mean, precedence. I mean if Beyonce dropped an album tomorrow, that would probably get first precedence over, you know, a band like Story of the Year and I mean, I haven't heard Spin by Tiger's Draw. I went to their album release show. I went to their vinyl release show. I still don't have mine in the mail yet, so I haven't heard the record. My boyfriend listened to it on Spotify. I mean, it's not technically a leak because the album's been out for over a month, but it's like stuff I can wait for, you know? I want to hear it on vinyl. Same thing with Hopeless Fountain Kingdom. I waited for my record to come, you know? So I think that leaking of music needs to be handled a little better i think that people shouldn't listen to leaks
1: well yeah i know that there's always like label and copyright people looking to take down leak music but in my experience when i do listen to leak music i know it's not finished and why would i want to listen to some low-fi low quality shit that you know i know that i could just wait another two weeks for or a month for and then listen to it in full high quality and I don't know. I just think it's kind of disrespectful. Like, I, yes, like, the label pushes it back sometimes. There's a lot of legality issues. But, and I know the artists sometimes might not care as much. Like, I know for the Love video for Lana, which is, like, my one of my favorite videos of all time, and one of my favorite songs as well, you know, she had to release that a week early because it started leaking. And so she just dropped the video, which I'm sure nobody minded because it's an incredible video that changed my life, <laughs> but but still, I you know, you gotta you have to respect these people. If they're nice if they're nice enough to share their art with you and to create for you and for fans, respect them, you know?
0: Well also, I mean, Lana's record is gonna be incredibly important to you. Why would you wanna listen to it half assed? Why exactly. would you wanna listen to it like like you said, lo-fi. Why would you want to listen to it very low quality when you want the experience?
1: No. Yeah. I'd rather listen to it on her terms or her labels terms, I guess, just because, yeah, I feel like that's the way it was meant to be listened to. And that's why I want to listen to it.
0: So that's where we stand on linked music. Um, that was, that was kind of like a, a little point that we wanted to get in before the end of the episode, because it just happened. Pat just happened to look at his phone and, He saw that that happened, and like I said, I'm guilty of listening to leaks. Pat mentioned he's guilty of listening to leaks, but I try not to listen to the whole album. I try to listen to like a couple seconds of a couple of songs just to kind of get a taste because Mm -hmm. I'm a little impatient, but I mean, still support these artists. I mean, don't get a leak of something and then don't support them. Like I said, I bought three different versions of this album, and... Not that it's an excuse, but at least I'm supporting the artists. You know, I bought merch. I bought a bunch of stuff. And that's why I buy all the music that you guys hear on this podcast because support is so important. And even if it's a local band, even if it's a band that only has, like, a hundred followers, it doesn't mean shit because an artist is still an artist. Just, you know, I mean, I might not have a lot of credibility right now, but, you know, I'm still somebody sharing art. And I think that sharing comes with kind of a bit of a price you know you guys have to respect certain aspects you know that's why i get permission from all, from all these bands i make sure that i do everything right by them because i don't think it's fair to just share art that people don't have control over you doing it you know Abs-
1: yeah no especially in the age of illegal downloading which every single person here is, is guilty of- of <laughs> listeners, yeah and creators are definitely guilty of we if you want If you really like an artist and you want them to keep going and creating, buy their music. Buy something. Buy their merch. Go to a show. Yeah, go to a show. You won't regret it ever.
0: (laughs) I've never gone to a show, even if it's by a band I didn't like and regretted it. It's always a good experience. You always meet cool people. You always get an experience out of it. And there's been so many bands that I listen to now. I mean, look at Paris. I mean, I have their first CD from when they were just a bunch of kids making songs and now my cd is lost forever because i left it in my old house and i'm still really upset about it so i don't want to talk about it but you know i i supported them back then and then they blew up and i'm so glad that i supported them back then because i feel like i was part of it so remember that your favorite band was at one point an opening band and i think that that Uh also speaks for you guys should always go to shows early and check out the openers because who knows they might be your new favorite band absolutely So that was the last point that we wanted to get into today, I promise. The last artist for today is someone who actually reached out to me a few days ago after finding the podcast. Her name is uh, Katie Hargrove, and the record is self-titled from this year. The song is called Stay and has almost a funky country vibe to it that's super unique and cool. And I am such a fan of all the different genres of music people that keep reaching out to this project are doing. It's absolutely amazing. But before I play the track, I want you guys to know where to find me. Facebook.com rebel, slash RebelHeartsPodcast. Instagram is Samis socks, Twitter is RebelHeartsGirl. And for zine info, suggestions, band submissions, or just to say hi, RebelHeartsPodcast at gmail.com. And again, I just want to thank all of you guys for the incredible support the past couple of days. You know, it's really hard to do this podcast and feel like you're not doing a good job. And to have all that support all of a sudden was just really incredible. And I can't thank you guys enough. And I want to thank Pat for joining me again. Thank you.
1: (laughs) My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: I'm going to have Pat on uh, more frequently because I love everything that he has to say. I think we have a lot in common and a lot of different perspectives and a lot of different music genres that we can bring to the table. And I will bring him back, I promise, after he sees Baby Driver because I want his opinion on the soundtrack because he's a big soundtrack person, he's a big movie person, it was part of his major. So I really want to hear what he has to say because I asked him his favorite soundtrack of the year so far and he doesn't have one. So I think that Baby Driver will be his favorite. So, again for the millionth time thank you everyone for everything you've done so far for this podcast to grow it means so much to me i don't think you guys even understand so i'll see you guys at the front here is katie Mm hargrave
3: There's pieces in my heart that I'm still searching for